Welcome to Power Up, a podcast show hosted by Maurizio Di Paolo Emilio that brings life to some of the stories on Power Electronics technologies and products featured on PowerElectronicsNews.com and through other as Pencor Media publications. In this show, you'll hear both engineers and executives discuss news, challenges, and opportunities for power electronics in markets such as automotive, industrial, and consumer. Here is your host, Editor-in-Chief of PowerElectronicsNews.com and EEWeb.com, Maurizio Di Paolo Emilio. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this new episode of Power Up. Today, we will talk about vertical GAN or gallium nitride technology. GAN power devices are highly desirable for energy efficient and compact power conversion systems. In addition to the rapid progress in lateral GAN on silicon power electronics, the recent availability of high quality bulk GAN substrates has led to development of vertical GAN on GAN power devices, which can achieve higher breakdown voltage, higher current handling capability and superior switching dynamic performance. Vertical GAN technology could offer the full potential of GAN's material properties as it is based on GAN substrates. In this podcast with Robert Kaplar, manager of the Semiconductor Material and Device Sciences Department at Sandia National Laboratories, we will discover more about this topic. Robert received Master and PhD in Electrical Engineering from Ohio State University, Columbus. His scientific work has included wideband gap optoelectronics and reliability physics, and is currently focused on wide and ultra band gap materials and devices. Let's talk with Bob about vertical gain. Hi, Robert. Thanks a lot for, for coming on. How are you? I'm doing fine. How are you? It's okay. I'm fine. So today I would like to, to talk with you about uh, vertical gain. So we know lateral, but there are develop- developments about uh, vertical one. But before starting into details, so please uh, introduce uh, yourself. Tell me more about uh, about you. Right. Uh, so, so my name's uh, uh, Robert or Bob Kapler. Um, I'm a, a manager here at Sandia National Labs in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and uh, my my group focuses a lot on um, uh, nitride-based materials and devices um, such as gallium nitride. Uh, and uh, one one area we've been working on quite a bit is uh, uh, power electronics and power devices, uh, in particular some of these um, vertical uh, gallium nitride devices, which we'll be discussing today. Yeah. So lateral GAN on, on silicon or GAN on silicon carbide devices combine materials with uh, mismatched coefficient of thermal expansion. Moreover, we can say, you know, uh, in, in a typical GAN hand device, the channel is uh, is very close to the surface order in the order of few hundred nanometers, which could create uh, cooling problems, passivation. Uh, in a lateral GAN on silicon device, uh, you know, the drain source separation determines the breakdown voltage of the device. So a lot of uh, differences. And I would like to ask you if we can start, you can address 
uh, address the technology uh, difference between these uh, devices. Can you tell me the main technology differences in terms of uh, lateral and vertical technology for GAN? Right. Sure. Yeah. So, so as you pointed out, um, you know, the, the lateral devices, I, I tend to think of these really as cousins of some of the RF GAN devices that have been developed, but that, you know, mm -hmm. it's based on a heterostructure. Uh, the transport of the current is, is uh, through a two-dimensional electron gas. Yeah, so it is very much a um, surface-oriented uh, uh, device. Um, for the, the vertical GAN devices, it, it's still GAN, but the, the, the structure of the device and, and really the, the nature of the GAN, it's, it's quite, quite different. Um, I tend to think of the, the vertical GAN devices really as, as analogs of a discrete silicon or silicon carbide uh, power device. So if you looked at a, you know, a, a cartoon um, or cross-section of, of the device, um, it would have very similar uh, features mm -hmm. uh, to silicon or silicon carbide. Uh, so you have a, typically a, a native substrate, a gallium nitride substrate, um, doesn't necessarily have to be the case, but that, that's, that's preferred. Um, so that's, you know, that's one difference. You have a, a thick uh, drift layer, which is the layer that, that blocks the voltage. Um, and also, you know, also, uh, acts as a resistor to the current. Um, so there's transport vertically. Uh, electric fields tend to be predominantly, uh, vertical. Um, it's really to first order, not a surface device. The highest fields, um, you, you would try to have buried at a PN junction, um, within, uh, within the device. Now you do have, uh, uh, like for a, uh, a diode or really any, any device, you'd have edge terminations, um, mm -hmm. that you need to process. If it was a, a MOSFET, you know, you would have a dielectric on top. So, um, so, you know, there are some, um, certainly some differences in the nature of the materials and, you know, the processing for the vertical GAN, but it, it kind of looks like, uh, a, a, uh, uh, again, a silicon or silicon carbide uh, discrete power device, just kind of from a, a cross-sectional um, point of view in the layout and and, and so forth. Uh, so yeah. Say, yeah, those are the main 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 differences. Yeah, you you mentioned uh, a lot of uh, features differences. So, which is uh, I mean, uh, which is the most important to consider that can address important applications? I mean why we need the vertical GAN. So due to the small output uh, capacitance, switching losses in, in applications are, are very small. In contrast to lateral GAN devices, heat is uh, optimally transferred through a uh, homogeneous material without additional layers directly to the packaging lead the frame from the top and bottom of the device. So tell me your, uh, your thoughts. Right. So I, I would say probably the... You know, the key difference really is, um, that that voltage is, uh, dropped across that, that thick, thick drift layer in the highest fields, you know, buried, uh, within the device. So that, you know, at least the first order allows one to scale the voltage of the vertical GAN device with the, the, the thickness of, of that layer rather than scaling laterally. Um, so you'd only scale laterally to increase the, the current. Of the device, you know, in contrast for a, a hemp, uh, the voltage and current scaling would, would both be accomplished, um, laterally. So this, this allows us to, you know, potentially move into, um, 
some of the higher voltage, uh, uh, well, really what we would call medium voltage applications, um, which I, I tend to define as uh, sort of above 1.2 kV up to maybe about 20. You know, you'll see different de- definitions of that. Not, not to say that this would be impossible uh, with a hemp, but, you know, it's, it's perhaps um, not advantageous with that, that lateral, lateral scaling. Um, the vertical devices, uh, you do see uh, avalanche uh, breakdown, at least in some, some types of devices that's been shown in, in diodes uh, by, by, uh, by a number of groups. So, you know, this is, this is important for, for power electronics. Um, you asked uh, about the, uh, some of the thermal, thermal properties. And mm-hmm. so certainly, you know, with the hemp's, uh, you, know, you, you do have um, a lot of interfaces in there. You, know, you tend to have more uh, defects in the material, you know, dislocations and, and, and things like that. Not, not to say that's prohibitive, but with uh, the homo epitaxial material, um, one would uh, tend to have, uh, I guess, a simpler uh, thermal transport um, due to the lack of some of those those um, those interfaces uh, within the device and lack of uh, scattering centers off of defects and and, uh, and things like that. Um, you know, of course, uh, one can ask uh, how the vertical GAN compares to some of the other technologies, uh, silicon, silicon carbide, the the lateral GAN, right? So I think um, the GAN does have some uh, material advantages. Some of this is still being evaluated, honestly, uh, since, you know, it's relatively recently we've had access to this high quality material. Um, so I think, you know, we're, we're, we're trying to see, you know, how these things compare and uh, additional work on materials, properties, processing, you know, stuff like that is, is, um, is needed. Uh, you know, we do have some ideas about uh, automotive applications and, um, some grid related applications like arresters and, and things like that, maybe places to mm-hmm. start. Yeah. So the next generation of power solutions, power devices must incorporate technologies that meet uh, uh, for sure efficiency, but uh, performance and uh, value requirements and can in this case as uh, emerge as uh, the main, uh, the main part, the main component. However, when evaluating GAN solutions, the question emerges as uh, to what the best solution is for a particular, for that application. For example, GAN on silicon, GAN on silicon carbide, or as you, as you said, GAN on GAN. So the default, uh, the default substrate for, for GAN is, uh, is silicon or silicon carbide. For silicon carbide, there are many applications in, uh, in the RF field, for example. In GAN on GAN, I see in comparison with uh, with others that uh, silicon carbide is uh, much more thermally conductive than than GAN. Uh, another things uh, thing is uh, that the electromobility in GAN is uh, much higher than silicon carbide, but only in a lateral device, and this is because of the two-dimension electron gas. So if you switch to a vertical device, you can lose some advantages in this case. So what do you think? Can you tell me more? Right. Yeah. So great. Great question. Um, so as you pointed out, uh, for, for the RF area, you know, kind of the standard GAN devices, the, uh, uh, the GAN hemped on, on silicon carbide. Um, and indeed, you know, silicon carbide does have a higher thermal conductivity, uh, thermal conductivity of, of GAN, at least, uh, to my most recent understanding. It's, it's somewhat similar to silicon. It does depend, of course, on, uh, 
as I mentioned earlier, defects in the material can depend on the doping, um, you know, the geometry, uh, and, uh, and, and so forth. Um, the, the Ganon carbide devices, uh, as I understand it, are still limited thermally. Again, um, you know, you do have, uh, interfacial effects and, and things like that. Um, Ganon, Gan potentially, uh, uh, has some uh, application in RF and even maybe some some vertical uh, devices. Uh, of course, our team is is focused a little bit more on the um, the, uh, the power switching area. And of course, I, I discussed some of the, the thermal uh, issues in the previous question. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, you know, just kind of related to not only thermal conductivity, but you mentioned the mobility. There's other. Other uh, material properties, uh, uh, carrier lifetime, for example, um, that uh, folks have measured. And, and, you know, this may impact how these um, uh, devices uh, uh, behave, for example, unipolar versus bipolar device. Uh, for unipolar device where, you know, as you pointed out, the, the mobility is is key. So I, I would say there is um, still debate about uh, actually what is the mobility in the, in the vertical GAN. Remember, this is a, a bulk mobility. It's, uh, you know, the predominant current flow direction is along the C-axis vertically. So, you know, it's quite a bit um, different case physically than that two-day mobility in the hemp. Uh, there have been various reports of that, and uh, some of those uh, are reporting mobilities really on par with um, – what the uh, the two day mobility and the, the the hemp is, um, so I think uh, you know that that actually may be a pretty good good situation for vertical GAN. Um, again, especially with that high quality homoepitaxial material. But but again, I think uh, there is ongoing work in that that and related areas, and uh, we'll you know we'll see how how that develops um, as things move mm-hmm. forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. Vertical gain devices are capable of switching at uh, even higher frequencies and operating at higher voltages, which which should lead to a new generation of more efficient power devices, which are so the challenges now where in specific you are working on in comparison with a lateral gain. What are the manufacturing issues, problems to reduce cost that is uh, important, I guess. So we are talking about uh, vertical gain in academic or we can find uh, applications in the market. Right. Yeah. So again, great, great question. Um, I would say one key challenge uh, is the, the substrates, uh, both in terms of the, the size of the substrates. I, I've seen up to, um, you know, four, four inches. I, I think some, some companies have claimed larger, but uh, that's you know that's kind of what I've seen. Um, and also, you know, the, the the quality of those substrates in terms of uh, various types of defects and and just the uh, uniformity and reproducibility of them. Um, so that that's pretty pretty key one. Um, of course, you know, everything starts with the the, the substrate. And uh, but in terms of the device itself, uh, you know the the, the drift layer. Um, of course, to get the higher voltage, one has to grow that thick and, and get low doping, and so there are some challenges there. Um, uh, depends on the growth, you know, the growth uh, technique. Uh, but um, you know things like compensating um, uh, defects uh, and, and so forth uh, that, that tend to you know counter the intentional doping. 
um, you know, there again, this this points to to fundamental um, uh, growth and defect studies on on some of these very thick type type layers. Uh, so that's you know that's a key thing. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of processing device the devices, uh, yeah. you know, I mentioned earlier, like if you look at the cross section of say. Uh, Vertical GAN PN diode or MOSFET. I mean, it you know will resemble what you'd see in silicon or silicon carbide. But again, you know the material is different, and that translates to um, significant differences in in, in processing. Uh, one of the big challenges uh, has been achieving selective area doping, um, so alternate areas of PNN type doping. And for some of the more advanced device architectures, JBS diodes or a, a, a double O MOSFET, for example. Um, you 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 need that, and so various groups have looked at that, the different approaches to to um, achieving good quality interfaces, uh, these these PN junctions, and and uh, so there's been a lot of progress on that, but um, I think you know there's there's still more that yeah. needs to be done there. Um, another area has to do with uh, dielectrics, uh, gate dielectrics. Uh, passivating dielectrics. And so, you know, these are all things that um, there's fundamental issues, but then kind of bringing, bringing all that into standard processes in a manufacturing type environment um, is needed. And that's, you know, that's something our, our team's um, been working on. Of course, that would help with, with cost and so forth. So I think, you know, a lot of this work, um, it is still uh, academic and some in labs. I know there are, are a couple of uh, at least one company, maybe a couple companies out there uh, looking at this. Uh, but again, you know, our team—that's um, that's something we've really been thinking about, trying to to um, you know mature things to uh, manufacturable, reproducible processes with good yield and and uh, and so forth. So. Yeah, good. So I have just uh, the last one for you, like. A uh, global vision. So the market, uh, as you know, is uh, is continuing. It's raised towards a request for for more power. Silicon carbide and uh, gallium nitride semiconductors have advantages over silicon semiconductor for power applications, especially in particular in the power supply market. However, as you as you said, designers working with these wideband gap semiconductors have to face some real challenges in terms of design substrate wafer, as you mentioned. So, what do you expect from the next uh, generation? What does the future hold for GAN and silicon carbide, in particular for vertical and the lateral GAN technology in comparison? And in which areas do you think there will be? significant opportunities for future expansion in term, in technology and sales. Right. Yeah. So again, great, great question. And so and my, my opinion really is that um, I, I think there's a place for, mm-hmm. for all these technologies. Um, you know, the, uh, the EV market we've been seeing uh, uh, really expand very rapidly. Uh, the silicon carbide, you know, was, has found a good, good home there. I think that's really going to, um, uh, push, you know, uh, maturation of that technology uh, even even further. Um, you know, we are we are looking at uh, that. This is the, the drivetrain of the, the vehicle. I mean, we are looking at um, potential application of uh, vertical GAN uh, to you know to that area. We think there could be some some advantages. Um, you know, the, uh, the the lateral GAN uh, that that has tended to be a little bit you know lower power. 
uh, lower voltage uh, applications, but you know, like very high switching frequency. Um, so I, I probably see that, you know, really um, continuing and in, in, in the you know in that in that in that space. Um, in terms of uh, well, yeah, just other transportation areas aside mm-hmm. from uh, you know cars, ground vehicles. Um, there's a push. You know, towards electrification in, in general, which I think is really exciting. Aircraft, uh, rail, marine, um, these tend to get more into the medium voltage regime. For example, aircraft, uh, you got to push to higher voltages to reduce some of the cable weight. So, you know, these medium voltage type devices, I think, um, could have uh, application there. You know, vertical GAN could, could find a home there. Uh, another big area, of course, is the, the grid. Um, Particularly as uh, we integrate renewable storage, you know, there's focus on resiliency, um, solid-state power substations, transformers, things like that. Um, some of these technologies, uh, some carbide vertical GAN could find uh, use use there. You know, we have been thinking about some uh, specialized applications uh, for vertical GAN related to the grid, related to uh, arresters and things like that. So that's you know that's kind of one area our team team has been been focused on um, yeah. but yeah we're seeing all these these areas really expand right and and just kind of as a concluding thought I, I do want to mention uh, as well you know there are even newer materials on the horizon right these uh, ultra wide band gap materials mm-hmm. um, you know there's many groups working on this our, our team's been working on some of these and so you know these are things like uh, there are nitrides aluminum gallium nitride boron nitride um, gallium oxide is another one, the diamond. There, there's, there's even others people have thought about. Uh, of course, those are all in even earlier stage, but I think that's another uh, exciting area people might want to keep keep an eye on. So, yeah, okay, great. Thank you. Thanks a lot, Robert. Uh, it has been uh, a pleasure to have you in this uh, podcast and to talk with you and know more about vertical game. Thank you, Robert. Yeah, likewise. Thanks very much for the uh, opportunity. Appreciate it. Thank you, Robert. So Robert thinks of a vertical GAN devices really as analogs of a discrete silicon or silicon carbide power device. So if you looked at cross-section of the device, it would have very similar features to silicon or silicon carbide. Robert said that probably the key difference is that voltage is dropped across a thick drift layer in the highest fields. At least the first order allows one to scale the voltage of the vertical gain device with the thickness of that layer, rather than scaling laterally. One key challenge is the substrates. Robert has seen up to 4 inches, some companies are working for larger, and also the quality of those substrates in terms of various types of defects and uniformity, reproducibility of them. In terms of the device itself, the drift layer is another key to get the higher, higher voltage one has to grow that they can get low doping. And so there is some challenges there, depends on the grow, the grow technique, things like uh, compensating defects. A lot of applications Robert mentioned, transportation areas in particular where there is a push, aircraft, marine, these tend to get more into the medium voltage field. For example, aircraft, you got to push to higher voltage to reduce some of the cable weight, so vertical gain could find a home there. Another big area is the grid, particularly as we integrate renewable storage. 
on the Horizon, Robert's team is working on other wideband gap materials like diamond. That brings us to the end of this episode. Stay tuned with more news and technical aspects about power electronics. If you are listening to this uh, on the podcast page at etimes.com or powerelectronicsnews.com, links to articles on topics we have discussed are shown in this page. Power Up is brought to you by Aspencore Media. The host is Maurizio Di Paolo Emilio and the producer is James Eid. Thank you everyone for listening. See you next episode. Stay tuned.